We've got a new interview from Slipknot vocalist Corey Taylor calling his new album one of the best I've ever written. Plus, Sharon Osbourne gives an update on Ozzy's health, also in a new interview. Plus, a grim outlook for live entertainment from an executive in the music industry and so much more. Stick with us. Welcome to Rockfeed. Before we get started, please, if you are one of the many people who watch this show every day and you would like to help out, please consider subscribing, hit that button, ring that bell with notifications on so you don't miss out on breaking news and updates. Even if you just manually search for this, it'll tell YouTube that you care and maybe it'll make us all feel good. I don't know what happens after that. All right, anyways, before we get to this Corey Taylor interview and the Aussie news, I wanna talk about some grim projections for the live concert industry. You've heard these kind of stories. Um, there are some headlines out there that I don't really entirely agree with. Uh, basically, the sentiment is that there will be no live shows until uh, 2022. That's basically what I gathered from the headlines. I don't think that's entirely fair because for better or for worse, whether we agree with it or not, there are live shows that are happening now. I can tell you uh, in many states across the U.S., these cover bands, these tribute bands, and even like new metal bands, Static X, I think, is playing a show tonight. We've talked about for the last few days bands that have been criticized for performing, so I'm guessing what he meant is that he thinks that the live entertainment industry isn't going to be back at full throttle by 2022, which I do think is a, um, a fair uh, assessment. And he points out that there's a lot of germaphobes out there. So that's why I think that's what he meant. But who knows? I could be wrong. All right, check this out. So according to Lamgoat, a great source of music news, check them out over at lamgoat.com. There is a music industry executive uh, who goes by the name of Mark Geiger. I think I'm pronouncing correctly. He's the co-founder of Lollapalooza and former global head of uh, music for William Morris Entertainment, which is a gargantuan um, entertainment company, one of the biggest in the industry. Uh, so hundreds of millions of dollars we're talking about here. So he's on the Bob Leifitz podcast. Okay, pronouncing that pretty good. Uh, and he says, in my humble opinion, it's going to be 2022. It's going to take that long before, well, I call the germophobic economy is slowly killed off and replaced by the claustrophobia economy. That's when people want to go out and go to dinner and have their lives, go to festivals and shows. It's my instinct that it's going to take a while because super spreader events, sports, festivals, shows, etc., aren't going to do too well when the virus is present. Uh, with COVID-19, there is infinite liability and uh, says that secure, securing insurance will be among the myriad of challenges facing promoters in concert venues. According to Geiger, the next six months may be more painful than the last six months, of course, uh, and maybe the next six months after that even more so. I think he's, I mean, now, first of all, let me just point this out. This guy's forgotten more than I know, so I'm just going to try to stumble through this because it's my job to talk about this shit. Um, and so I think, in my opinion, that the people that are already doing shows, are they being sued? Are they being held liable? I don't know. There are a lot of shows that are happening now. We've seen these shows and there aren't people wearing masks. And I think people should be wearing masks and they should definitely be social distancing. But I don't know that there will be a liability. I think, you know, 
Ticketmaster, I believe, has something where when you buy the ticket, you agree to a liability waiver, which would essentially make it where you can't really claim a liability. And maybe some people may not agree to that, which is also fair. This is what I said. I said, I'm guessing this means live music won't be at full attendance until then, now that there won't be shows. There are already shows. This is in response to Metal Injection. Metal Injection made a great point. They responded saying, Beyond social distancing in the pandemic, the big hurdle seems to be getting insurance. Nobody offers COVID insurance yet, and when they do, it will be expensive. I think he's mostly right on this. I think that there will be shows, but the shows that are gonna take place are gonna be tiny shows, so they're not gonna be generating a lot of money. The big bands, even the mid-level bands, aren't gonna be able to, to, to sustain this. I talked to some of my friends who are in some big bands, and they are basically sharing that sentiment. There's really not a path forward for them right now, and uh, it, it hurts. It hurts really bad, and so, uh, it's just it's just terrible, and I don't know the answer. I'm just hoping uh, that that maybe we'll get a vaccine sometime in the near future. But I start going down that road, and I don't know a lot about vaccines. So uh, yeah, I'm just hopeful, guys, that uh, we can get shows back when it's safe to do so. And as always, let me know what you think in the comments. And next up, we've got an update for you on the Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne himself. There had been some concerns expressed by Nikki Six of Motley Crue saying that he had heard that Ozzy Osbourne wasn't doing well. Sharon is seemingly responding to that in a new interview with Jackass star Steve-O, and she shared that Ozzy's actually doing well, and even better, he's beginning to work on another album. Hey, can't play live? Let's pump out some tunes. Imagine the great albums we're gonna be getting. So she revealed in this interview that Ozzy's working with Andrew Watt, who is the producer for Post Malone, and uh, the album Ordinary Man that he released was very much liked by uh, pretty much everyone, critics, fans. Um, and so it's exciting to hear this new album that Ozzy's working on, more Ozzy album, uh, more Ozzy music rather is a good thing. Sharon told Steve-O, you can't stop him, he's doing it. He started recording with Andrew Watt right now and you can't stop him, he's doing it. She said, when asked about his health, he's doing really good. He had a terrible injury, and at one point, they thought he would never walk again, but he is. He's walking and doing great. He's been hit by so much medically, but he's doing good. He's getting stronger every day. To be hit with the spinal injury, and then what it had done was, it just started off the Parkinson's that he had gone through, uh, but never activated. He's just had the gene. It's like the breast cancer gene, but it never comes to fruition. He had the Parkinson's gene and this accident just sparked it off. So he had a double dose of everything, but he's doing good. Uh, regarding touring again, she said, Ozzy says that as far as performing goes, he has to end it his way because it was his farewell tour that he was on, but he still had a year to do of that tour, but the accident stopped it all. He said, it's not going to end just like that. He's going to go back out, and even if it's just one huge show to say goodbye, he's going to do it. That's very good news to hear about Ozzy, and I can't wait to hear more music from him. I absolutely loved the Ordinary Man record. Moving on to news about Soundgarden, and this is a story that we've covered for the last few months. This involves a pretty troubling feud between the members of Soundgarden and Chris Cornell's widow, Vicky. And basically, there is a legal battle over who owns the rights to recordings from Chris Cornell. The members of Soundgarden allege it's their intellectual property and Vicky Cornell says that it's hers. And there's this nasty feud between the two of them. Well, a few months ago, Soundgarden actually sued to get information about uh, a foundation and a charitable show that the members of Soundgarden did. They claimed that the uh, expenses were squandered for erroneous purposes. Uh, that was a nasty allegation and we talked about at the time how Vicky Cornell 
she posted the financial documents online and and went through the expenses line by line and really shut down that claim. And uh, it was so devastating that the members of Soundgarden apparently have withdrawn that claim that they made against her. All right, so here it is from The Hollywood Reporter. It says, after Vicky Cornell's lawyers threatened the band with Rule 11 sanctions for filing shameful and frivolous or an objectively frivolous claims, it dropped allegations related to the tribute concert that I mentioned before. It says, the remaining members of Soundgarden are dropping counterclaims against the widow of late uh, frontman Chris Cornell regarding a benefit concert organized in his memory and threats of sanctions. Vicky Cornell in December 2019 sued uh, the members and along with the band's business manager, claiming they were trying to strong arm her into giving them seven unreleased sound recordings her husband had made prior to his passing. So uh, Soundgarden in May 2020 filed a countersuit, alleging that in part Vicky tricked the band into performing a benefit concert. Again, she posted these. Uh, the, the attorney at the time responded and said, every single penny of the proceeds generated by the court, the concert were properly accounted uh, for, and their statements are not only false and defamatory, but demonstrate the depths of which Chris's former bandmates are willing to sink to tarnish his legacy. And I gotta say this, at this point, okay, this looks really shitty on the past members or his past bandmates. At this point, you can safely say that Chris Cornell would not have wanted his former bandmates to be treating his wife in this way. There's no other way to look at it, okay? Chris Cornell would not be fighting against his wife to release music to Soundgarden. I do not believe that at my very core. There is so much evidence out there that suggests that Chris Cornell was nothing but a loving family man. He loved his wife, he loved his kids. And these guys who are suing for unreleased material against his widow and bringing out claims that now seem to be untrue, I'm guessing when they're pulling themselves out of uh, this lawsuit, that that is what they're thinking. This makes them look shitty, in my opinion, and it's disappointing. And I don't think that anyone's widow should be put through something like this. And I've, I've watched them, I've watched that family, I've watched his daughter absolutely do nothing but try to honor his legacy. And I think it's shameful that they are suing over a few unreleased tracks. I don't wanna hear Chris Cornell music that his family is fighting against. I don't wanna hear that. All right, and next up, Slipknot's Corey Taylor has an update on his highly anticipated solo album, and he says, it's one of the best things I've ever written. Uh, this report comes from NME, speaking about an interview from Knotfest. It says, it's probably one of the best things I've ever written. It's everything I wanted it to be. There's some Slade in there. There's some Johnny Cash. There's some Alice in Chains. I mean, big choruses, fun rock, just huge solos, huge solos. It's incredible. I actually, two years ago, started teaching myself piano just so I can record this song. Now, hold on a second. I gotta, I gotta call bullshit on that, Corey, because last time I checked, you've been playing piano for quite some time. But he says, I mean, big choruses, fun rock, just huge solos, huge solos, it's incredible. I started teaching myself piano just so I could record this song that I wrote for my wife, and I was able to play it and record it, and it's really good. It's probably one of the best things I've ever written. How many songs are on the final album? 
13. We did 13 originals. We recorded seven covers, and then we did six acoustic versions of the originals that we put together. Or maybe it's five. I can never keep that straight. Maybe it's six. Six covers and six acoustic versions. I can't remember. Yeah. So look, Corey Taylor just the other day, as we told you, he posted this video. Hey everybody, Corey Taylor here. We are back behind the scenes of uh, filming the video for and, uh, You can see I got the championship right here. Anybody wants to take it, bring it the fuck on. It's very interesting to me that he, he says there's gonna be covers in the album. And that makes me wonder if that's why they censored the name of the, the song title. Either way, it's gonna be exciting. Always fun to get new music anytime we can. Speaking of new music, there is new music. It's New Music Friday. And uh, I got a couple songs that I've really been jamming to. Uh, one music video that I'm blown away by is uh, this band Bad Flower. They have a song called 30. And you should check them out. It's one of the coolest music videos I've seen in a long time. It's like they filmed it at their house and apparently did all the pyr pyrotechnics on their own. It's a very creative music video. Check out Bad Flower. It's also a very catchy song. Another band I've been listening to lately are my friends in Carcosa. Um, this band, look, the people in the band, they suck, but their music is fantastic, all right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. These are some of my best friends. Check them out. If you like really, really heavy, down-tuned music, you'll really enjoy their new band. We've also got new music from Bush out. They've got a whole new album and also new Seether music out today as well. I hope I'm not missing anything. Anyways, that is all for now. Thanks so much for joining us today at Rockfeed. Be sure to subscribe with notifications on so you don't miss out on breaking news and updates. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you all very soon.